The Lord be with you and with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. Glory to you, O Lord. There was a Pharisee named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. He came to Jesus at night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God, and no one can do these signs that you are doing unless God is with him. Jesus answered and said to him, Amen, amen, I say to you, unless one is born from above, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, How can a man once grown old be born again? Surely he cannot enter his, re-enter his mother's womb and be born again, can he? Jesus answered, Amen, amen, I say to you, unless one is born of water and spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. What is born of flesh is flesh, and what is born of spirit is spirit. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Please be seated for a few moments. Well, first of all, I just want to welcome all of you here to St. Mary's Parish. What a great joy to be with all of you, especially in this beautiful, special moment in the life of your family. My name is Father Sullivan. I'm the new pastor here at St. Mary's. I got here just in July, so whenever I get to do baptisms, it brings me jokes. I'm getting to know everybody, getting to know all your faces. And so I get to know the community, and especially for baptisms, there's a beautiful, beautiful, again, occasion. How many of you want to bet which babies will cry first? Huh? <laughs> we'll see, but if a baby starts crying, we're just going to rejoice in that joyful noise, and we're just going to pray over the, over the cacophony of, of their singing. Huh? It's always the determining factor of what, what makes babies cry versus those who don't. If your baby loves taking baths, they're not going to cry. Right? But if they don't like water, I've got to warn you, there's going to be some screaming. Maybe some screaming after my homily, too. I don't know, from the adults. So that might happen as well. I don't guarantee it. But, but again, praise the Lord. Congratulations to all of you parents in your... How many of you, if this is your first child, just raise your hand. I just want to see how many first time, how many rookies we got here. All of you, you veterans, pray for those parents that just raised their hands. They have no idea what they're, what they're getting themselves into. Amen? <laughs> Oh, praise the Lord. I just uh, had a, I recently had a friend. They have nine kids. Nine. It's a be- beautiful, big Catholic family. Imagine that household. Beautiful chaos. <laughs> so having nine kids. And so they're just beginning. So again, to the, to the new parents, I'm glad you're awake. After two hours of sleep last night, I bet. Praise the Lord. I was talking to somebody recently. Another first. Uh, first parents having their first child. 
And they, re- they marveled at the staff. They had, they had no idea how much they could ever love another human being before. <laughs> I mean, you, you prepare your entire lives for it. You know, the first time when you, when you realize that you were pregnant, and then, of course, you do all of the things for preparation. You got to figure out, okay, gosh, we got, a, we got another human being coming into our lives. We got to get that, the crib ready. You got to get the room ready. We got to get everything ready. And then, of course, you, you mentally and you spiritually and emotionally prepare for the day that when, God willing, that this child would come. And then it, the big day happens. Boom, the baby pops out. <laughs> this one person said, Father, when they looked at that child for the first time, it, says, it was as if my heart leaped out of my chest and grew legs. <laughs> Nothing prepared her and her husband for the love that they would, they would, that would just radiate from their hearts after seeing this child. Is that true? I see not, heads nodding. Good. Remember that emotion. It's by design. Because I guarantee you, especially as men, brothers, the husbands in here, I'm talking to you specifically, and the fathers, if your child, one day, you know, when they grow up, and especially when they start running around, it changes your world, right? When they finally learn how to walk, because they get everywhere. And oftentimes, kids, before they learn, sometimes they run out into the street like crazy, <laughs> not realizing the dangers yet of the world. If you saw your child playing the street, running after their ball, and you saw a car barreling towards them, without even thinking... Brothers, how many of you would immediately just, just, just run out into that street, throw yourself in front of that car, and take the brunt of that hit? Oh, every, every true man in here would say, absolutely, Father. I would lay down my life for my child. We're not even thinking, without ever even thinking about my own self-regard. Why? Because we're made for love. Amen? We are made for love. Remember that fact. You and I, and the beauty why of, 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 this, of this ceremony of baptism, this ancient rite, by the way, do you realize that this ancient rite, the prayers that you're about to hear, are 2,000 years old? Kings, emperors, presidents, garbage men, homeless people have had the same rites prayed over them for the last 2,000 years Billions of people will have, have been washed in the waters of baptism. And your child now are about to embark upon the same ritual. It's because we are created in God's image and likeness. Genesis 1 verse 27. This key fact that every single human being has infinite worth, infinite dignity. This moral principle of Genesis 1 verse 27 is a found moral foundation of Western civilization. Right there. Universality of human dignity. 
Therefore, if we follow that same logic of, of, of Genesis 1 verse 27, that you and I are creating God's image and likeness, what is God is a natural question that follows that. God is love. Deus caritas est. We are created in the image of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. This, this crazy teaching that has dumbfounded philosophers and theologians for centuries. God, as Jesus Christ has revealed to us, is three persons but one God. We don't have time to get into the mysteries of the Trinity. But just to say, for time's sake, God is love. You and I, therefore, at our deepest being, we are created for love. Now notice this, and I guarantee you, if you, know, if you, look del- if you delve down deeper into human experience, we see this. What does the world tell us that life is about? What is the purpose of life? What does, the, what, does the, what does our culture and our world bombard us with that says the meaning of life is what? Have you ever thought about that question? It's a huge question. All the way back from Aristotle and Socrates and Plato, all the way from the ancient Greeks, they, they sought to answer this pivotal question. What is the meaning of our existence? Why do we live and breathe? What gets you up in the morning? It's a huge question. And our world flattens that answer out. It says, oh, just get more money, power, honor, and pleasure. The purpose of life is get a nice big house. Get a fancy car, then you'll be happy. Or make your body look as beautiful and curvy and powerful as possible. Just be beautiful, and then you'll finally be happy. Oh, your body, your looks, and how you present yourself. Oh, that's the meaning of life. Just get more, more, more. Does that satisfy that hole that we all have? Does it, brothers and sisters? If I keep stuffing my heart with more power, honor, pleasure, prestige, does that satisfy this yearning? There was a famous actor, especially our older brothers and sisters, know, whose name was David Cassidy. David Cassidy was, it was a childhood star. He, he's Broadway plays, actors. I mean, he, he, he achieved it. Oftentimes, when we look at Hollywood actors and actresses, they, they tend to be the pinnacle of our civilization, right? Oh, they've achieved it all. They got everything. His daughter of David Cassidy recently revealed what the father said on his deathbed as he looked upon his long life of prestige and power and pleasure. His last words were, so much wasted time. So much wasted time. And what he meant by that, the daughter believes, that he poured himself out in Hollywood to achieve this unending quest. Because you can never have enough power and enough money. The house can never be big enough. Your body can never be beautiful enough. 
Because there will always be somebody who has more. A bigger truck, right? Fancier car, a better body. There will always be somebody with more. And it's an endless rat race. And oftentimes, in order to achieve that, we sacrifice the very foundational base condition of what it means to be human, which is love. We are created for love. And the reason why we began outside, notice if, you, if, you, if, you were, if you're in here, if you, heard, you probably heard the prayers over the microphone. But one of the first prayers I did was, I made the sign of the cross on the head, forehead of the, of the kids. And then I invited the parents and godparents to make the sign of the cross over the same forehead. What is the cross? If you're Catholic, you know this, especially if you grew up Catholic. In all of our churches, no matter where you go in the world, there's always a crucifix in the center. Why? Why is there always, and it's always, we always have a body of our Lord on the cross. It is because on the cross, Jesus Christ would give himself to humanity in the greatest act of love. Jesus Christ on the cross is like you fathers in here, brothers, who runs out in front of the car to absorb the hit. Jesus Christ in the great Christian proclamation goes on the cross to absorb the hit of humanity. The pain, the suffering, death. Jesus Christ now in the greatest act of love, he would absorb the hit of sin and die for us and shed his blood so that you and I may live the greatest act of love and flowing from the waters of baptism now. If you notice on every single crucifix, there's a wound on the side of our Lord where the Roman soldier pierced him with a spear. And in the Gospel of John, it said that as our Roman soldier, as our Lord now had died, as he shoved that spear into his side, it said that water and blood flowed from his side. The birth of Christianity now comes forth. From the water and blood from our Lord's pierced side after his death would flow the power of the sacraments. That is why, and I'm coming to the end here, I still hear no screaming yet, so praise the God. <laughs> said, unless you are born of water and the Spirit, you cannot enter the kingdom of heaven. Our Lord is pointing us towards heaven. We are created for heaven, my brothers and sisters. We are not just simply created to live in Vacaville forever. There is more to life than this. And so the great question is, will you and I make it to heaven? It begins right here. Jesus answered, amen, amen, I say to you. Unless one is born from above, you cannot see the kingdom. The gospel continues. Unless one is born of water and the spirit, you cannot enter the kingdom of God. The salvation and the greatest act of love 
of all the babies here begins in these waters which flowed from the side of Jesus Christ in order to bring us home. We are created for heaven. Don't get distracted by the world. I know the world is very shiny. The world promises many things to us. But the world will always fail to, to deliver what it promises. And if you are searching for purpose in life, good. Because our purpose is heaven. And Jesus Christ has died so they strive to get us in. That is why, with great joy, I welcome all of you, and especially all of these babies, for they will join the ranks of the baptized. There are 1.3 billion Catholics on earth today. In a few minutes, there'll be 1.3 billion and 10. <laughs> so my brothers and sisters, Congratulations, and especially to the first rookie parents here. Buckle up, huh? It's a crazy ride. 